Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning. My name is Bernadette Anderko, and I'm one of the investment writers at Julius Baer in Zurich. I'm going to provide an overview of the recent market activity. In the US yesterday, the S&P 500 index closed up 3.1% to 3,790 spot 93, and all sectors had a positive performance. This delivered the best two-day run for the S&P 500 since March 2020. Outperformers were energy, financials, consumer discretionary, materials, industrials, and technology stocks. The Dow Jones closed up 2.8%. The Nasdaq 100 was also up 3.1%. And our measure of volatility, the VIX, was down 3.4%. A weakening in the most recent job openings data prompted some investors to consider whether the Federal Reserve would slow the pace of interest rate hikes. Job openings in August totaled 10.05 million, a 10% drop from the 11.17 million reported in July, and more than a million less than expected. Investors will now be keenly focused on Friday's US jobs data, which economists anticipate is set to show a slowing in new jobs added. I have to mention that Twitter shares closed up more than 22% yesterday after Elon Musk revived his deal to buy the company at the original price of $54.20 per share. Musk made the proposal in a letter to Twitter on Monday, according to a filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission yesterday. San Francisco-based Twitter said that it received the letter and it intends to close the deal at the agreed-upon price. A deal could happen as soon as this Friday. Shares in Asia-Pacific traded higher on Wednesday. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index was up around 6% on its return to trading following Tuesday's holiday. The Hang Seng Tech Index was up even more, 7.4% higher. The Nikkei 225 in Japan rose 0.5%, whilst the Topics added 0.3.7%. Mainland China remains closed for the Golden Week holiday. In the currency space, the pound fell after climbing yesterday to the highest level in two weeks. The Japanese yen traded flat at 144.16 per dollar. The offshore yuan fell 0.2% to 7.056.6 per dollar, and the euro fell 0.2% to $0.9966. In the bond market, the yield on the 30-year Treasury was down 0.2 basis points to 3.69%, and the 10-year yield was also down 0.4 basis points to 3.62%. In the commodity space, oil held a two-day surge before an OPEC Plus meeting at which the alliance is considering the biggest supply cut since 2020 to revive prices. Bitcoin fell 0.8% to $20,178 spot 9.6, and gold futures fell slightly to $1,720.91 an ounce. New Zealand's central bank raised interest rates by half a percentage point for a fifth straight meeting and signalled more to come. European Union countries reached a compromise on a new package of Russia sanctions that includes support for a price cap on oil sales to third countries, with a formal agreement expected today. In Ukraine, the country's counteroffensive in the east and south of the country continues to build momentum, with President Zelensky announcing last night that there were new liberated settlements in several regions. Meanwhile, the US has committed even more firepower to Ukraine's fight as the Biden administration announced another $625 million in military aid to Kyiv. Coming up today, we'll have Eurozone Services PMI data releases, the OPEC Plus meeting begins, and the US Federal Reserve's Rafael Bostock is also speaking. European stocks are heading for a lower open today, bucking a positive trend seen in the previous session. 
The declines come after European markets rallied yesterday with the pan-European stock 600 closing 3% higher. Travel and leisure stocks jumped 6.1% to lead gains as all sectors and major bourses entered positive territory. Good luck out there today. That's it for the markets wrap. And now I'm pleased to hand over to Dario Messi, fixed income research analyst, who's going to give us an update on the bond markets. Yeah, thank you, Bernadette. And good morning to all of you. Yeah, well, the the fourth quarter started and uh, yeah, already in the first few trading days, we can say the dynamics in the bond market are still quite lively, to say the least. Um, But for a change in the other direction than, than we are used to so far this year. So yields came down quite a bit in the first two trading days of the new quarter. And you heard it before from, from Bernadette, markets are celebrating it quite a bit. So where to go from here? Um, this, this year, we were quite often surprised of how yields can rise and rise, especially also how quickly that they can rise. So we were wondering, when do we hit these limits? When is something going to break? And you have these uh, very loud voices getting louder and louder also that the economy can't take such high yields. Uh, just look at the government debt levels and, and so on. So, and yet we have to admit that so far the real economy was not too bad in digesting the surge in yields and overall seems much less interest rate sensitive than we might have thought in that sense. But still, I think we need to keep in mind there will definitely also be some lag effects on the real economy from this tightening in financial conditions, uh, especially when we stay at this restrictive territory in terms of uh, policy rates for longer. Moreover, I also don't think that the Fed wants to watch for too long markets celebrating as loud as we saw these days when inflation prints come still in at high levels, um, because this would basically just be counterproductive for them as financial conditions would ease again. Um, So we saw quite a similar episode also after the summer rally uh, back then. With that, uh, we think yields can settle at current or even slightly lower levels, but we don't expect them to collapse back to the levels that we we saw beginning of the years. Um, And also coming back to the volatility, I mean, there is no doubt volatility is the only constant at the moment in the bond market. And it's not just the implied volatilities, so what we can expect, but also really the realized um, volatilities. We are currently seeing intraday moves that we didn't see for a very, very long time. And, and this makes it still not really attractive to commit for a long duration strategy. Also because this negative correlation between treasuries and, and the equity market is not restored yet. So in other words, the hedging feature that we normally like for longer dated treasuries is not fully back yet. And from that perspective, we think the same old strategy in the fixed income bucket of your portfolio is still warranted. Moderate credit risk with duration at or slightly below benchmark. That's already it for me for today. Back to you, Bernadette. Thank you very much for the information and the insights, Dario. That concludes today's podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We do hope you'll join us for the next installment. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. 
please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.